Welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Drink a Little podcast, where we talk about exploring the world of wine and spirits while not letting it take over your life. My name is Kelly Doherty. I'm a joyful child of God and a certified life coach. I'm also a wine educator and a wine and spirits brand designer. I'll show you how to navigate your relationship with alcohol and how that mindset spills over into the rest of your life. We'll learn about the world of wine and spirits together, all while bolstering your confidence that you can have boundaries around alcohol and live your most amazing life. This is episode 10, Amarone Amore. And falling in love with Italian wine is possibly the easiest thing to do. So let's get to it. Today, we are going to do a little tasting and explore the 2018 Amarone della Valpolicella from Luigi Righetti. And this has to win for the longest wine name. But we'll find out how this wine leads us into a discussion on dopamine, urges for wine, and savoring what you've got. And what I love about sharing this wine is that it is really one to savor, and we will see why shortly. But before I began studying wines, I had heard of this word, Amarone. And for some reason, I thought it was a sweet wine because I was having in my brain somewhere Amaretto and Amarula, the cordials, and those words I had confused with Amarone. And so I'm here to straighten that out for myself today and taste it with you guys in Amore and Amarone. That's Amore. Spoiler alert, it is not a sweet wine. And how they make this wine is they harvest the grapes in September. This is a very special process. They let them dry on mats until like January or February. And what's happening during that period of time is the water is evaporating out of them, almost raisining them on the mats. And with those fruit flavors and sugar being concentrated because that water is taken out. And this doesn't mean that it's a ends up being a sweet wine necessarily, because this one does go through a full fermentation where all the sugars are used up. But what it does mean is that it's a dry wine with that high sugar level that created a high alcohol level. This is 14.5% alcohol, and other Amarones could get well above 15%. These are really prized grapes and they're delicately treated. And I'm excited about this one because it's run by a family winery that's been making Amarone since 1909. So we are really in for a treat. And I'm going to give this one a swirl and a taste. Okay. This really has almost like a brown buttered raisin to me, like a black cherry, but very, very bright. Complex, like a lot of things are coming up, which which really makes sense because of how those flavors were developed by laying out in those mats for so long. There's really, there's a rich leathery character to it and juicy cherries and prunes and prunes in the good way, you know. <laughs> has a, a lingering aftertaste. This is a fabulous one to share and to savor. And I wanted to share what this brought up for me. 
it made me think about our internal drive to finish something. We get some sort of amazing dopamine hit by finishing something, checking the box on our checklist. We get that dopamine. And I've got a silly example from last week coming back from Mexico before we get to the examples about wine. I am pretty pale and um, I had some pinkish areas on my shoulder after being on the beach, too much sun. And I had this aloe gel that I've had for a while and I lathered tons of it on. But I was very close to the end of the squeeze bottle. But I was very close to also being at the end of my shoulders being a pink color. But there's something inside of us that wants to get to the finish and get rid of this bottle. We get that dopamine hit by finishing, throwing the bottle out. It's almost like we actually accomplished something, only not true. So I was already sticky with the aloe, but I wanted to put more on. I wanted to get rid of it. Seriously, it doesn't make sense. It's not logical, but this is kind of a gut reaction how so many of us are acting in the world. And I had to catch myself. I had to acknowledge to my brain, yes, I hear you. I'm not ignoring you, but this is a thought error. We don't have to finish this. What my brain was craving was the finishing. And truly, a little tiny bit of that aloe can sit into the cabinet until next year it will be okay. It will probably be just as soothing and just as moisturizing next year. But we've been socialized to finish things. We must clean up our plate. We must eat up all our food. You must finish what you've started. And this can be helpful in so many ways, right? I mean, we finish projects. We don't starve and we don't waste things. And yet that's the same mechanism that's not helpful in other ways. So it's really important for us to just notice in different situations when that comes up, so we get to consciously decide. We get to notice when it's in play. And sometimes when it's in play is when we feel compelled to finish the glass of wine. Even if we don't feel good or we don't want it, because we poured it, we feel we must finish it. And I want you to put a giant cork in between you and anything that shows up as I must do this. I should do this. I have to do this. And just do a check in and see if that's really true. Sometimes we feel compelled to finish the bottle of wine because there's only a little bit left, only so much left. Um, sometimes we feel compelled to clean out the liquor cabinet and the wine bar. And while organizing, organizing seems like a helpful activity, the idea of drinking things just to get them out of the way during organization is not helpful. And so all of these actions are optional. And if we pay attention to the thoughts we're thinking about and how we're feeling right before the action happens, then we can start to see our patterns. And our thoughts actually create our feelings, and our feelings drive our actions. And those actions drive our results. So the thoughts we're thinking right before we do things really matter. And notice when you are dutifully finishing your plate and your glass as if you would win a reward. 
and nothing's really gone wrong. It's just how we've been socialized. And you just want to be consciously aware of your decisions. And you get to talk back to your brain. All of this is a form of having an urge. And we've talked a little bit about urges before. But we have an urge for the glass of wine to start with. And then we have another urge to continue or to finish or to clean up. And no matter when that urge arises, it can be treated in the same way. I want you to try to allow your urges. Just allow them to be there. When we resist them, things persist. What we resist persists. And willpower doesn't really work because those urges will just come up stronger. Even when we're allowing the urges, it doesn't mean we get so good at it that they will magically go away. But we know that after practicing allowing these urges, it's a temporary feeling. And it's a temporary feeling that we don't have to respond to. And we get better and better at it. We can anticipate that those urges are coming. No need to pretend like they shouldn't be there. They're there for a reason. And that urge is a physical feeling in your body, but knowing that that physical feeling will pass. You don't have to deny it. And it might come right back in the beginning and allow it again. Allow that urge, allow the desire to be there without reacting to it or pushing it away. And we still might have the urge to have that glass of wine. And that's okay. That's totally normal. We, and we get to choose whether we respond to it or not. When I talk to a lot of people, they're almost acting as if they're fighting themselves and they're not winning. So this is just a tool so you can get to the point where you're winning and you're not fighting yourself. And when you get more comfortable and relaxed with knowing that urges will be there and that they're not an emergency that has to be fixed, that's when you can actually relax. That's when you have space to savor what you're consuming. You can relax into the flavors and the aromas of this beautiful Amarone. Let them dance on your tongue. Notice how they change with each sip. Notice how they evolve after the bottle has been open for a while. And when we're no longer trying to check the box of get relaxed, then we're open up to check the box, finish the glass, get to the next glass. That's where the actual relaxation comes in. That's where the freedom actually is. When we don't have to get to the finish, we could just enjoy where we are right now whether we finish it or not. And we are quickly at the finish of the podcast. And while the finish or the aftertaste in wine language on this Amarone is long and elegant and amazing, there's nothing that says we have to finish the bottle or even the glass. Even if it's already poured, you can still pass. And that's what I have for you this week, my friends. Next week, we are tasting a Chenin Blanc from South Africa, one of my favorite wine regions. I will see you next Tuesday.
And if you're working on these urges, and this is some of the most important work you can do, you want to take that work to a deeper level. I do have a one-on-one coaching program tailored to your needs, where we cover how to stop over drinking, how to love yourself for all the right reasons, and emotional well-being. Go to kellydoherty.com slash cheers to learn more. That's K-E-L-L-Y-D-O-H-E-R-T-Y forward slash cheers. I'll see you next week.